psalm that I had on my heart to talk from today, I realized had actually been taken. So two weeks ago, you had a very, very excellent talk from Dennis and Kirian on Psalm 84. I know because I listened to it in the middle of the night on podcast. Um, but actually, this is Psalm 84, part two. <laughs> because the things that God gave me were slightly different. There is some overlap, uh, but they're slightly different. And I can use some of the background, the excellent stuff that uh, Dennis and Kirian were saying. I don't need to go through that again because you've already heard it. Um, I really want to talk about home. Well, that's where I want to start. If you want a title for this, it's home. And home is important to us, isn't it? We say, make yourself at home. Feel at home. Home is where your heart is. You know, it's a place where you can relax and you can be ourselves. It's an important thing. In fact, the Proverbs say, a wise woman builds her home, but a foolish one tears it down with her own hands. That's Proverbs 14.1. So my first question how are you building your home? Yeah? You see, God's work right in the beginning was bringing order out of chaos. And when he looked at it, he said, it's good. So even if you're sorting out the sock drawer, which I remember some sermons about before, even if you're sorting about out the sock door, drawer, you are bringing order out of chaos, aren't you? So you're doing God's work, okay? But of course, there's so much more uh, than that to, to making a good home. And I'm going to quote another proverb to you, Proverbs 17.1. Better a dry crust with peace and quiet than a house full of feasting with strife. So part of building a home is building a peaceful loving home where there isn't any strife. Home is important to God. So what I would like to do is start, sorry about the, the glasses and I hope I can read it okay, start by reading Psalm 84 and that's what we're looking at today. Psalm 84. So if you want to follow that with me, Psalm 84 verses 1 to 4. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord Almighty! My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home, and the swallow a nest for herself where she may have her young, a place near your altar. O Lord Almighty, my King and my God, blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. So Kirian was talking about this, about the birds of the air. And swallows, if you've ever seen swallows, they're amazing birds, but they're so restless. They never stop. They're always flying about the place, aren't they? And, and sparrows... You know, Jesus said sparrows are sold two for a penny. Sparrows, I mean, they must be insignificant, unimportant. 
But you know, to our Heavenly Father, nobody is insignificant. To our Heavenly Father, it's a, if Jesus said our Father knows when one sparrow falls to the ground. So how much more does he love you? And no one is unimportant and no one is insignificant to our Father. And in this psalm we have that even swallows who are so restless, even they can find a home and make a home. But where do they make a home? They make it next to the altar where the song of praise is sung. So Dennis gave you a lovely background to this, uh, so I'm not going to. Um, but in the, in the days of the Old Testament, when the priests were serving, they lived in the temple. And we know the story of Samuel and Eli. They were living in the house of God. So this is a physical thing as well as a spiritual thing. You know, where do we live? Where, do our, where are our lives found? Do we, are our lives in God? And do we make our home where the song of praise is sung? I mean, okay, so I, I live in Turkey most of the time. And when I come back to Britain, I notice something. That we love, the Brits I'm talking about, we love grumbling. We, we really bond over moaning about things. I mean, the, the obvious one is the weather, Yeah. So I, there's nothing more happy than sitting around with people moaning about it raining again. And then when it gets too hot and sunny, no problems. We can moan about it being too hot and sunny. Yeah? But actually, for me, I have to be careful. Andy will tell you that I have a tendency to be negative. And, you know, I can get quite negative and go down. And there are things around us in the world even things that are happening in this country today, which might make you feel a bit down. And you can look at the negative and you can go and get down. But it's a wonderful thing to count your blessings. There's an old hymn about this, isn't there? Count your blessings and name them one by one. And it's a great thing to do because once you start naming the blessings that God has given you, you can't help but start praising God. And it's a wonderful thing to do because then you can be living where the song of praise is sung. Right, we're going to carry on in Psalm 84, verses 5 to 7, because the Word of God is so balanced. There is so much tension in it. So we're talking here about home, aren't we? Settling down. Wouldn't you think that's what we're talking about? Having a, finding a nice place to settle down. What does the next verse say in verse 5? Blessed are those whose strength is in you, who've set their heart on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. I'm going to read to the end, but I'm going to be talking about those verses more. Hear my prayer, O Lord God Almighty. Listen to me, O God of Jacob. Look upon our shield, O God. Look with favor on your anointed one. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God and do, than 
sorry, I will say that again. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. O Lord Almighty, blessed is the man who trusts in you. So have you set your heart on pilgrimage? Yes? So for some people, that is a physical thing. But for all of us, that's an internal thing. For all of us, we are going through a journey in life. For all of us, we are on a pilgrimage. Jesus said, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. That's Matthew 8.20. And when the rich man came and Jesus said it's harder for a rich man to enter the king of heaven. And Peter basically asked, well, what's in it for us? I mean, if you read it, that's what he says. What's in it for us, Lord? What Jesus said is everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or fields for my sake will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. So for any of you who have left your home and left your family and moved abroad for the sake of the kingdom of heaven, this is a promise for you from the word of God. That God will not only give you eternal life, it's not just talking about eternity, it's also talking about here and now. And this, in this place, if you are part of this church or another church, That is part of the answer to that, that you have brothers and sisters in the family of God. But the truth about the pilgrimage, and we've just been talking about home and the importance of home, the truth is none of us are ever, if you are a a Christian, you're not a citizen of any country on earth in the way that you are a citizen of heaven. We have eternity in our hearts. We are part of the kingdom of heaven. So our home actually is in heaven. Our home is in Christ. Yeah? So our home is in Christ. To live is Christ. To die is gain. It, this, this existence on earth, it's not enough. Because eternity is in our hearts. I want to speak a little bit about the Valley of Baca. Um, and actually, thinking about it, if you have any more questions, go and talk to Kirian, because I reckon that she has been through the Valley of Baca. Baca, they're not quite sure what this means, this word means. They think it might be balsam trees or mulberry trees. Look, I've just looked this up. I'm no biblical scholar. It also sounds like the Hebrew for weeping. So they think it's either the valley of weeping or with some trees, when you cut them, they weep. So it's a picture of the valley of weeping. So let's just read this slowly together again. Because I know that in a, a group this size, there'll be some of you who are going through a very hard time. I know that for some of you, you will be weeping. I don't know what about, 
Maybe some of you are grieving. Or you're grieving for someone or, or about something. But we do. We go through times in our lives which are times of weeping. So, how do we deal with that? So this is verse 6. Well, actually, verse 5. Blessed are those whose strength is in you. That's the first key. Whatever we face in life, our strength is in God. Who have set their hearts on pilgrimage. You have to have this feeling that you have a journey in life. Set your heart on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of weeping, they make it a place of springs. Or in one version, they, they build... They, they, they dig up wells or make pools. You yourself, as you go through a time of weeping, you're the ones, as you're finding your strength in God, that you can actually be digging down into God. And then when the autumn rains come, they will also cover it with pools. So it's something that you do by digging into God, even in difficult times, trusting in God, because blessed is the man who trusts in God. That's verse 12. And they go from strength to strength. What a promise that even in difficult times, we can go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. And there is one more, or maybe more than one more uh, promise here. The Lord bestows favor and honor and no good thing does he withhold for those who walk his way or those who, whose walk is blameless. If we're trusting in God, if we're walking God's way, God won't withhold good things from us. Okay? So, this whole psalm isn't it just talking in a wonderful way about our longing for God? Yeah? I mean, there's so much in here which is about that. It's just a wonderful hymn from the songs, Sons of Korah. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand days elsewhere. elsewhere. So we would love to be just even one day in God's presence rather than dwelling in the, in the tents of the wicked. You know, we'd rather be a doorkeeper, just on the edge. Now, as Dennis and Kirian said, don't just be on the edge, go straight in. But can you see the picture? That even just being on the edge is better than being dwelling in the tents of the wicked. But there's another side to this. And the other side is written, it is infused throughout the word of God. This is talking about our longing. This psalm is talking about our longing for God. But actually, God longs for us. It actually, we understand what love is because God first loved us. Yeah? And this is just throughout the Word of God. So right in the garden, in the Garden of Eden, you hear God saying to Adam and Eve, where are you when they hid from him? And when Hagar ran away, God said, where are you going? And when Sarah was hiding in the tents and laughing, I think because she didn't really believe 
what the angel of the Lord was saying. They said, where's, where's Sarah? She's in the tent hiding. And Samuel, one of my favorite stories as a kid, Samuel hearing God speaking, Samuel, Samuel. And Saul, when he was hiding, yeah? Saul, who became King Saul, he was hiding. But God was still looking for him. And that's the truth. God is looking for each one of us. God looks out across the earth and he is longing to have that relationship with you. Just as the psalmists are longing to, 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 be, to know God, God is longing to know us. And it's not just about individuals, it's about whole people groups. Because he saved his people from slavery in Egypt. He heard their cries. He brought the remnant back from exile, from well, modern-day Iraq and from the Persian Empire. He brought them back from exile and he actually sent his son to die for the whole of humanity. Not just individuals now, whole people groups, whole for everybody who will accept. And when he died the temple curtain was torn from top to bottom. Yeah? So from top to bottom, the temple, what was hiding people from the Holy of Holies, like we're talking about in this psalm, they're just talking about going into the courts of the temple. But the temple was torn so that we can actually go completely into the Holy of Holies. Yeah? That's what God wants. He is giving us that welcome, that invitation, just as we had that invitation today that the, the gates are open into, into the presence of God. And right in the last book of the Bible, in Revelation, these are the words of Jesus, <laughs> the first and the last, the Alpha and the Omega. Behold... I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and I will eat with them and them with me. So today, if you hear his precious voice, the voice of Jesus, if you hear Jesus knocking at the door of your heart, knocking to come into your life, into your home, not just for people who don't know Jesus, it's for all of us. For all of us, Jesus stands at the door and he knocks. If you hear his voice, open the door. And this thing which is more precious than we understand in British culture it's more special to be eating and having fellowship with somebody by eating with them. He will come into our lives, he will come into our homes, and he will eat with us and us with him. Thank you for listening.